Our theme on this morning is take me to the king. Take me to the king. And I can't help but to uh, think about the song that Tamala Mann sings, Take Me to the King. And when I listen to the words of that song, uh, the story talks about a woman who is tired and she's torn and she's too weak to fight. She says she's been praying, but there's no answers. She's all churched out. She's all cried out. And her options are few. But she had the strength enough within herself to say, but my soul refuses to die. If I could just get one touch, not much, just one touch, it will change my life. And if we're all honest on this morning, we can all testify that at one point or another, we have all felt tired, torn, and weak. We've all felt a little churched out. We've all felt a little cried out. And we felt like our options were few. But just like the words that came out of her mouth, we said within ourselves, but my soul refuses to die. I can't give up. I can't let go. But I know if I could just make it to the king, everything will be all right. See, this thing that I'm facing this morning, man can't help me with. This thing that I barely want to talk about, man can't do nothing for me. But if I can just make it to my king, he'll give me all the answers that I need. Take me to the king. And so this morning, I would like to speak to you about a woman who was afraid to go before uh, her king. But in the end, after God dealt with her, she was able to go before her king and she saved her people. Turn with me, if you will, to I'm going to read a little bit. Pray with me, saints. Esther, the fourth chapter. Starting at verse 10. Then Esther spoke to Hatak and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king... Who has not been called, he has but one law. Put all to death, except for the one except for the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these thirty days. So they told Mordecai Esther words, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I'm going to read Deuteronomy in your hearing 31 and 8. 
and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, neither be dismayed. And my last scripture I'm going to read is Second Chronicles 20 and 17. And it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. I would like to bring to you the subject title this morning, Be Not Dismayed, for Your God is in Control. Be not dismayed, for your God is in control. How many of us know this morning that God is in control? Let me read to you the definition. It's the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of the events of their lives. So I'm going to ask just one more time, how many of us really believe that God has the power to influence our attitude and our character and what comes out of our mouth? How many of us really believe that God has the power to direct tragedy and hardships and struggles and pain in our life? And so if you raise your hand and your answer really is yes, then why do you worry? Why are you anxious for all the answers? Why are you sad and why are you depressed sometimes? When the Lord said, if you would just trust in me with all your heart, every fiber that's in you, trust in me with all your heart and lead not into your own understanding. It's not about what you think or what you feel or how you think something should take place. But if you trust in me with all your heart and acknowledge me in all your ways, I will direct your path. God wants us to know on this morning, or he wants us to be reminded, just a simple reminder, someone might have forgotten and got off track because they're facing something this morning uh, that may seem a little impossible or may seem just a little overwhelming. Uh, But he wants you to know this morning that he was the same God that was in control when you were in your previous distresses and did not he bring you out? And he's the same God that is still in control today. And so he tells Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20 and 17, the last scripture that I read, he said, you don't have to fight this battle. Just set yourself. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Go out tomorrow and then know that I am with you. I could hear the Lord as he's speaking to us this morning, encouraging our hearts and saying to us, listen, I'm the all seen and all knowing God. I see what you're going through. I know what you're facing. I know what's on your plate. But guess what? You don't have to fight these battles. All you have to do is just set yourself, as the King James Version says, or position yourself for the deliverance. Position yourself for the breakthrough. Position yourself for the answer. And while you're standing there positioning yourself, just gracefully look up and see the salvation of the Lord. Open your spiritual eyes and see me saving you. See me being with you. See me being right by your side, never leaving you nor forsaking you. And when you get up in the morning, somebody say a new day. Just go out and know that I am with you. Praise God. And so Esther needed to know that God was with her. 
She needed to know that God was ordering her steps. She needed to know that God had placed this assignment in her hand uh, to be a vessel used to save the Jews from an onslaught. How many of us know God wants to use us today? He wants to use you, but will you let him use you? And so I could imagine that Esther might have thought to herself, there's no way in the world that God would want to use somebody like me to do this. Uh, Because Esther's life seemed to be a little bit unfavorable. See, she was in exile, her and her cousin. And so they were in a strange land with people who served strange gods. And they had different laws and they had different rules. And Esther also was an orphan. And her cousin took her in. Her mother and father died when she was a young age. And then under the decree and the commandment of the king, she was a virgin. One of the ones who was taken in to uh, maybe be the next queen. But while she was there, her virginity was taken away from her by the king. And while she's there, her cousin tells her, lose your identity. You don't even need to tell them you're a Jew. Don't even tell them who you are. And so her life seemed to be just a little bit unfavorable. How many of us can look back over our lives and see where God has brought us from? And we can say to ourselves, I did some things that wasn't right. Some people did some things to me that wasn't right. See, I can't even imagine God using me to do anything great. But can I just tell you this morning, first and foremost, God has no respect of person. And second of all, uh, God has chosen you to do something great. Uh, He wants to use your life. Hallelujah. To be a living sacrifice to all the world. Holy and acceptable unto him. And that's just your reasonable service. So when Esther, cousin Mordecai, we find him outside of the king's palace. And he has torn his clothes. And he has put on sackcloth and ashes. And he's weeping and he's wailing because he has found out that letters have been sent out into all the provinces. Province to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate the Jews. See, long before there was a Hitler and his semi-successful plan to annihilate the Jews, there was a man named Mordecai who plotted and planned to kill all the Jews in Persia. I don't care this morning who's trying to plot against you. I don't care this morning who's trying to destroy your character. I don't care this morning, Michelle, who's trying to make you look But the thing is, when God has a divine plan and purpose for your life, the gates of hell can prevail against you. But God will not let it prosper. As a matter of fact, the same gallow that they built to hang your head, God will use it for their own demise. God is in control. I said God is in control. So Esther, she decides to send garments out to Mordecai because he's outside of the gates and he's weeping and wailing and he has on his sackcloth and you can't do that outside of the king's gate. And so she decides to send send, uh, clothing, I'm sorry, garments to take away his sackcloth. 
uh, but Mordecai would not accept. See, the last thing that Mordecai needed was something to cover the outer man. The last thing Mordecai needed was something to put on his body. Uh, This man was disturbed and he was distressed within his mind because of what was about to take place. Uh, Can I just tell you this morning that a lot of times we're focused on the outer man. But it is the inward man that needs the most help. Now listen, when I say the outer man, I'm not talking about clothing. I'm not talking about the hair and the shoes and the makeup. Uh, That is the outer man. But I'm talking about the continence of man. I'm talking about the way we try to appear or try to look before people. See, we put on the face at church and we put on the face at work and we put on the face in front of our family and friends. But truth be told, it's the inward man that's all messed up. It's the inward man that's weeping and wailing and crying out for help. Second Corinthians 4 tells us that though the outer man perish, it is the inward man that needs to be renewed day by day. See, the outer man gets old. The outer man will wrinkle. It will decay. But the inward man, hallelujah, needs to be restored, needs to be renewed, needs to be refreshed. The inward man needs to grow. He's hungering and he's thirsting for change. Uh, You know he is. That's why uh, you're having that battle in your mind because uh, though the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Uh, And he's tired. The inward man is tired of being neglected and deprived. He can't fight the flesh without being nourished. He needs to grow. He needs the word of God. He needs prayer. He needs positive influences. He needs for the flesh to die. So what happens is when we're facing our hardships, when we're going through the fiery trials and the tribulations that come our way, and we need answers. It seems as if God is not answering us. Seems as if he is so, so, so far away. But the the truth of the matter is that we have put nothing inside us to feed us. The spiritual man can't give us that inner peace and that inner assurance and the comfort and the answers that we need in our time of trouble. The Bible says that it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Uh, The key word is God in us. Paul said the mystery to the Gentiles was God in us, the hope of glory. I want to tell you this morning, if you don't know, God is inside of you. He's not this invisible God that we say is by us and sitting by us and he's in the atmosphere. He's not just sitting in heaven and looking down low doing nothing. Uh, But God is working inside of us. And that's where he wants to have the control. Because that's where the work of recovery will begin. Question today, have you fed him? He has a special diet. He got a special diet. And he cannot, he cannot grow without him being fed. I just want to tell somebody this morning that God is in control. Truly he is. God is really in control. 
So as we go on, Mordecai, he begins explaining how Haman is furious with him because he will not bow down to him. Day after day when he sees Haman, uh, he refuses to bow down to him. And it's not that he's trying to be rebellious, uh, but Mordecai serves the true and living God. And there are some things that we just don't do when we serve the true and living God. Uh, There are some places we just don't go when we serve the true and living God. Uh, There are just some people that we don't connect ourselves with when we serve the true and living God. And so now Haman is furious with him, and he decides, well, if I can't, if I can't touch his mind, if I can't, if I can't mess with him mentally, I'll vex his spirit and I will kill all of the Jews in that land. Isn't that just like the enemy? Because he can no longer have the control over our lives. Because he, we have made a conscious decision to serve the true and living God. Uh, because after he's seen us go down in that water, you know, baptism, and when we went down and the remnants of him came up off of us from our allegiance to him, and we came up with a new attitude and a new mindset and a new lover, he was just wroth with us even the more. And that's why he has decided if I can't manipulate their minds directly, I'll use anybody around them to do it. And so when you're trying to stay focused and you're trying to stay away from the drama, like the pastor said last week, all of a sudden your children begin to act up in school and they begin to mouth off at home. And nothing that you do uh, for your spouse is right. And he's complaining about any and everything that you do. And that co-worker at work that you thought you were close to and you thought you all were cool that had your back, now she becomes your enemy. And then you are are now uh, 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 the object of your manager's controlling, dominating, hateful ways. And you thought to yourself, uh, this is just another attack from the enemy. Well, I want you to know today that it was not just another attack. It was a formulated, planned out, set up, from the enemy to take you down uh, because he wants to discourage you by any means necessary. But how many of us know no weapons formed against us shall prosper? It just won't work. When God is in control, there's nothing you can do. It's almost like that song said, you can't touch this because God has a shield around me. Uh, God has a protection around me. And as long as I'm trying to stay in his will and as long as I'm staying before him. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you're doing. It's for God I live and for God I die. He's the creator of my life. He made this body. You didn't do anything. God is in control. God is in control. One thing about it doesn't matter how much the enemy does. Uh, The good thing is that even the enemy that comes against you, uh, God is in control of him. All you have to do is ask Job. Enemy had his eyes on Job for a very long time, but God had his eyes on Job longer. And over a process of time, after Job passed all those little tests, uh, uh, God said, I got a big test for him now. 
And if he passed this big test, I'm going to give him double for his trouble. God wants to give somebody today double for their trouble. But you got to pass the big test. That big test is facing you right now. If you want double for your trouble, you have to pass it. See, you need to look at it like uh, when you were in high school and you wanted that diploma. Or when you were in college and you wanted that degree. What you need to do is go in the book and study. Commit yourself to the book. Get you some cue cards and begin to write. Look in the book. Commit yourself. Give yourself over to the instructions, and I guarantee you, you will pass the test. The greater the test, the better the victory. I said the greater the test, the better the victory. See, hurt has a way of bringing forth healing. And pain has a way of bringing forth joy. Hardships have a way of helping us to develop Jesus-like character. The truth of the matter is, some of us, if we did not go through something, we would never increase in our prayer life. If some of us did not go through something, we would never praise God and give him the glory. If some of us did not go through something, we would never open our mouths and say, look where he's brought me from. God has to take you through something. He has to give you a reason to lay prostrate before him and to cry out, Holy Abba, Father. He has to give you a reason to trust him more. He has to give you a reason to increase in your faith. That's the only reason you're going through. That's the only reason you have went through. It's for God's glory because he's in control. So Mordecai sent word to Esther to go before the king and to present to him the situation at hand regarding the fate of the Jews. And Esther's response is, have you lost your mind? There is no way in the world I'm going before the king. How come you don't know like everybody else know in the land? That if you go before the king uninvited, uh, there is but one law and that's death except for he holds out his golden scepter. And I must just stop. I have to stop right there. And I must say, aren't you glad this morning that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, that we're able to enter into the holy of holies. We don't need to ask man to go in before us anymore because we have sinned. We don't have to kill a bullock or a lamb. No blood has to come from an animal. We don't have to worry about a man going in and dropping dead on his face because maybe he has sinned. (laughs) But our God holds out the golden scepter every time we come before him. And he says, enter into my gates, daughter, with thanksgiving. And enter into my court, son, with praise. And while you're there, be thankful. Go ahead and bless my name. Hallelujah. Glory be unto God. Glory be unto God. So Mordecai tells Esther, uh, do not think that you will escape this uh, just because you're in the palace. See, once he finds out, that you are a Jew, you will also be killed. But if you go into the king's palace, you might be able to save us. And if for some reason you decide not to do this, God will deliver us 
but he will just use someone else to do it. Elijah, he forfeited the assignment that God had in his hand. He was depressed. He was afraid. He was lonely. But God had to send someone else to finish the job. And did he send someone? He sent Elisha. I don't know about you this morning, but I don't want anybody else going forth with the assignments that God has given me. I don't want anybody else doing the work that God has anointed my hands to do. But if we don't walk, Sister Teresa, in the gift and with the anointing that God has placed in our lives, oh, he will send somebody else. Uh, Because the work has to go on and one monkey don't stop no show. And so he wants us to know, listen, the time is drawing near, brothers and sisters. The time is drawing nigh, and we must work while it is yet still day. When night come, no man can work it. So listen to this. Those of us who have been in church for a while, and we've been saying, uh, I still, I don't, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what my gift is, and I don't know what God wants me to do. Uh, by all means, please don't sit. Please don't sit. Get you some tracks. Go out and pass out some tracks. Join the ministry in the church. Go, go and do some volunteer work because you never know who God can place in front of you that he might need to use you for. But it is time for us to work. It is time for us to work. God has given all of us, oh, so precious of a gift. He has given all of us something that our hands can do. That nobody can do it like us. Everybody might do the same thing or have the same position, but everybody does it differently. You have to work. You have to work. Please don't sit. You have to work. There's so many ministries here at Glenville that there's no reason for you not to work. There's so many ministries here at Glenville that there's no reason why you should sit. You're just a doorkeeper like David said, then do all that you can do. Be the best, but find something to do. God will bless your hands because he wants to use you. And he wants lives to be saved. He wants lives to be saved. Uh, Work, 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 work. So I'm coming to an end. Esther was afraid for her life. Uh, Though she was the queen and she had been the queen for some years now, uh, she was still afraid. Uh, But what she did not realize was that uh, God was not in control. God was in control of her life. God had full control over her life. She didn't have to worry about a thing. See, our lives today is in his hands. He doesn't want to take life from us. He doesn't. He does not. He wants us to have life. He wants us to be joyful. He doesn't want you to be sad. He doesn't want you to walk around with your head hung down low and depressed. He wants you to be happy. He wants us to enjoy our time here while we're passing through this barren land. He said, you know what? It's only the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, But I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Yes, you're going to have some sorrows. I'm sorry to tell you, you are. You're going to have some pain. 
you're going to have some nights that you are crying upon your pillow not knowing what in the world is going on. You're even going to have some mourning. But what I love about our God is that he has an answer for everything. And he said, I'll give you the oil of joy if you hand me over your mourning. And I'll give you the garments of praise for your spirit of heaviness. And I'll even throw in some ashes for beauty. God has everything that we need and we don't have to worry about anything. Sickness that come about finances, children. See, I'm still learning how to totally trust God. I'm still learning how to just put everything at his feet and leave it there. I'm still learning how to follow the instructions and to be obedient. God promised us, he said, if you're willing and obedient, ye shall eat from the good of the land. We shall eat from the good of the land. And see, I don't know about you this morning, but I need to experience the taste of unspeakable joy. I need to experience the taste of contentment. I need to experience the taste of peace and crazy faith. God is in control. January the 9th. Forgive me if I cry, but it's, it's cries of joy. Because I know what my God can do. January the 9th, diagnosed with breast cancer. They did the lumpectomy. They took it out. Immediately, God said, you know what to do. Change of lifestyle, first of all. And trust me with all your heart. Have faith in me and me alone. I'm the only one that can heal you. Whether you have chemo, radiation, or whether you don't. I'm the only one that can heal you. God said, keep your eyes on me. Don't take it off. I don't care who comes your way with discouraging words. I want to tell you, my mother passed from this and my father passed from this. and my, I don't want to hear things. I'm sorry, I ain't trying to be mean. If you can't give me positive encouragement, if you can't tell me, Sister Tamika, if your faith is here, then my faith is here with you. Give me encouragement. But God told me, he said, you shall live and not die. You shall declare the wonderful works of God. I will heal you, but you got to be faithful. And you got to follow the instructions. God gives you instructions. God tells you what to do in every circumstance. Sometimes you got to pay the cost. You got to do some things. And so I praise God because I stand here today saying, I know God is in control. I know he's in control. I'm not trying to sound pomp pompous or haughty or high-minded, but you know what? When you're working with the Lord, he wants some bold soldiers. He wants some people who will set their feet as hinds feet and keep their eyes as a flint. And just do what I have told you to do. Hallelujah. I'm coming to the end right here. See Esther. In the 15th chapter, Esther goes from being dismayed to being empowered. And that's the goal. That's where God wants us to be. Uh, we all have to get to the point where our fears and our distresses and our worries turn into trust. Uh, where we can say, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. 
Although the book of Esther uh, does not mention God or prayer, he is seen in every chapter. It was God who was leading her mind, letting her know, daughter, this is your purpose. I was cultivating you and pruning you and preparing you for such a time as this. I've been here with you all the time. I was never going to leave you. So God tells her, call a fast. Send the word to Mordecai for all the Jews to fast for three days. And then you and your maidens do the same. And afterwards, you may go into the king. Uh, The next thing that happens is the pivotal point of Esther's life. Esther allowed the words to come out of her mouth. She says, if I perish, then I perish. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say God is able, but even if he don't, he still is able. And she said, and so this was the turning point for her. It's her really saying, I have placed this in God's hands now. How many of us know that there is a turning point? See, I don't care uh, what the enemy has told you. I don't care that he's told you things will never change. You're always going to be the same. Spiritually, you are not going to grow. I want to let you know this morning, he fed me that for a long, long, long time. He tried to put that in my spirit that you're not going to do anything good for God. But I declare on this morning that it shall come to pass. That not only will you do things that will allow change to come in your life, but God's going to open your eyes so that you can see that he have given you the power to tread over his head. He have given you the power hallelujah to do his kingdom some harm. And you will Listen, you will, you will, you will, you will become the aggressor and you will find yourself chasing him with the word of God. He'll be hiding, he'll be hiding behind a building. He'll be hiding behind alleyways. He'll be hiding wondering when the next hit is going to come from you because God is in control. So out of all the times, and I'm closing, that Esther had no say-so or control over her life, she finally has an opportunity to make her own decision, and she makes the right decision. Uh, she allowed God to, God to be in control, total control, and so she's no longer in fear. All her worries has dis- just disappeared, and she is saying, I don't know what God is going to do about my situation, but I know that he's going to do something because he is in control. Somebody ought to get it in their spirit on this morning and say, I don't know what God's going to do about my finances, uh, but I know that if I continue to pay my tithes and offering, uh, he's going to do something because he's in control. Uh, I don't know what God is going to do about that wayward child of mine, but I know if I lay on my face and if I give it to him in trust, uh, he's going to do something because he's in control. And somebody else just might want to say, I don't know what God's going to do about my mind because I've been going through mentally. The enemy has attacked my mind uh, but I know that if I turn down, turn my plate over and fast and pray, God's going to do something because he's in control. And, and, and you might not want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Glenville ought to be saying this morning, I don't know what God's going to do or what's going to happen with this building project. Uh, we don't know where the monies will come from. And uh, we don't know whose heart God is going to fall on to give us favor. 
And heck, I don't even know if this is God anyway. Uh, But if we pull together on one accord, and if we go before God in prayer, believing God for the answers, believing that he's going to lead us, It's not about what you say. It's not about what you think, but it's about what God knows. And he can give us all the answers that we need if we go before him because he's in control. And so I end by saying we don't have to understand all, saints. We don't have to know all. That which is a mystery is his prerogative. All we have to do is allow him to be in control. And he will take us through every problem, every difficulty, every burden, and every situation that we face. Be not dismayed, for your God is in control. Pray my strength in the Lord.